For 1.3 milliseconds, I truly believed I was a noble robot in days of yonder. Oh. Way to go, Bender! What is thy character's name, good sir? Ah, uh, um, I am Titanius Anglesmith, fancy man of Cornwood. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the movie reboots of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about Bender's Game Part 1. I have a new idea for a D&D campaign. All right. Hit me with that. Okay. Here, imagine this. Imagining. You start. Okay. In a city. Okay, what's the city called? New New York. Okay. Okay. And you are your character. One of three types. Okay. Fire hair. Okay. Single eyes. Okay. Or or crab. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go with single eyes okay. because that way whenever my character enters the room, uh, I can play the song Hungry Eyes, but to single eyes. Be okay. Like, single eyes perfect i roll some 20 and things die Mm -hmm. i missed a syllable in there it's fine keep going okay so you are single eye i get i'm single eye and you and down in front of you lands a robot from space okay he's he comes down from space and he's like i'm a big scary robot what do you do um i uh question does my eye have laser vision in it no it is a regular eye then i run away roll to run away uh 20 of course (laughs) i only roll 20s no fudges on that so you successfully run away from this giant robot from space yep good game excellent well how many how many xps do i get four it's not much it's it's a 10 based uh xp scale so okay. you get your four tenths to the next or two fifths to the next uh, level. Oh, okay. Cool. So I, got, I got like most of a, I got a good chunk of a level good, good from running level. away from a giant robot. <laughs> but this you, is a great D and D game. Hey, you should publish this. You Not learn, talk to wizards of the coast. You learn something from it. Did I? Yeah. Run away from big, <laughs> big robots from space. Okay. All right. Um, interesting. I think let's let's do this podcast. I mean, let's do this game and do mm-hmm. it as a po- the actual play podcast. Yeah, this is this is our new podcast format, the an actual play Futurama podcast. Futurama Zone. The Futurama Zone. And then we'll have the the Futurama Zone Zone and Cal Zones. Ooh, those are tasty. We can have Cal Zones while we're recording the 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 Futurama Zone Zone talking about the Futurama Zone. I mean, now I just want calzones, so I, <laughs> I'll, I'll get my own calzones with blackjacks and blackjack and hookers. Um, in fact, forget the blackjack and hookers. I just <laughs> I'm in it for the calzone. Yeah, you want that calzone. Uh, I, it might be important to the listener to know that Ben is very hungry. It's true. Um, so it's going to get di- we're going to digress to food. I imagine a decent amount today. What's the over under on uh, times I mentioned food? Oh boy, that's a good point. There's, I don't think there's any food in the episode. So okay. five. Okay. 
All right, you going over or under on this? Ooh, I see that's a hard I've said a very good line. Actually, let's set it at four and a half, therefore there's a winner. Yes, 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 yes. I that's I, how betting works. That is actually clo- very close to how betting works. I'm gonna go over four and a half. Over four and a half. Okay. Let's let's uh find I mean, you're already you've got a little inside information because you already I already did it one time, so That's true. I'm one one fifth of the way there. We get a weird yellow submarine <laughs> intro. Yeah. Um very psychedelic at the beginning. I think it's pretty good, uh, it's to not be bad, honest. Yeah. Um I think I just think Matt Groening has a thing for the yellow submarine thing because there's a Simpsons episode where Lisa goes to the dentist and when she's knocked out on the the dentist gas dentist gas yes that's technical the term brand that's what name. they call it mm-hmm. dentist gas tm they dentist gas on sale today she goes through a whole yellow submarine bit uh-huh so i think i think matt graining just really likes that which is fine i think if the he does it in his new show then i it's a trend it's true. It takes multiple seasons to get there, though. So we won't know f- right off the bat. Right. But by the way, how excited are you for Disenchantment? Disen- I was like, Enchant? No, there's something else. I mean, it's pretty. it looks pretty neat. Yeah, I watched the trailer for it. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I think tra- it could be good. Uh, I, I might have seen a previous trailer. I don't know if I'm, we're talking about the same trailer. I think so, probably. Okay, fair enough. Um, it looks kind of neat. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, uh, do we know when it drops? August 17th. That's coming up. It's coming up. All right. Maybe we do a special podcast. Yeah. I mean, some... The disenchantment zone. Wait, no. <laughs> uh, no, we might do an episode on that, yeah. though, actually, because I know... Um, we could do a season break on it. Yeah, because I know uh, some people were asking about if we would be interested in doing that. I'm like, yeah, that. I think that'd be a fun thing to sure. do. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it, we we might have to do a split season break between the Grand Midwife and Disenchantment. <laughs> it's true. We're all just we're just giving up on the whole per episode format, and we're just like, we got one on the Grand Midwife, we got one on Disenchantment, we which got is, one on Fraser, which is related, but but <laughs> but not exactly Futurama. Anyways, after we get this whole uh, yellow submarine mm-hmm. intro to the movie. Uh, it starts out on this shot of this big, uh, I forget the name of the actual shape, but it's a 12 sided die. Yeah. It, it, it looks like a giant boulder for a bit until you see that it's a 10 on the 12 sided die. They're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And by they, I mean, it's Qbert and Dwight and two of their nerdy friends. Yes. I don't think they ever get named. Nerd one and nerd two. Um, it doesn't really matter. They're generic nerds. Let's call them Ben and Mike. Okay, so um, Dwight, Qbert, Ben, and Mike are all playing Dungeons and Dragons. Now it sounds like we've put ourselves in the episode, and I love it. We we've we figured it out. We are in Futurama the whole time. You didn't know it, but we are. And uh, yeah, we just put ourselves right in that. Episode. Hey, you don't name them, then they're free to be named, is what I say. Bender comes in and thinks that it's underage gambling, and he's totally in on it. Yeah, he's t- he like drops a stack of cash. Bender is not impressed by this thing. He's like, you're all like, you're all acting like this is some big thing, and you're all just sitting in chairs. And this one's got peanut butter smeared all over his face. And that's a second reference to food. <sighs> okay. Um, I'm gonna win this bet. We didn't put any stakes on, and I know it. 
And by stakes, you mean uh, numbers and stats, not any other sort of definition. Aha, fair play. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> oh, yes. But yes. This uh, is good. Bender, Bender is just like, you're all just sitting around in in chairs. What is going on? And they're like, no, because we're using our imagination. I, I like how Bender like said, of course, I have an imagination. I was built with one. It just hasn't descended yet. That's definitely how imagination That's works. Clearly. Because, yeah, Dwight's like, don't you have an imagination? Um, and apparently he does not. And just... I find that hard to believe with some of the things that he's done in previous episodes. Okay. How, how so? Hold on. Now I have to I have to back up my thoughts. How dare you? Yeah, I'm I'm bring your receipts. Ooh, <laughs> you left a pregnant pause there. Um. Well, he 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 has a is is dreaming the same thing as imagination? Because he definitely dreams about uh, binary. He dreams about becoming a folk musician. Okay, I'm I'm gonna say no. Oh, to make you think harder. Dang it. Okay. I mean, he's always coming up with schemes. Is that not imagination. Mm, scheming is planning. That has nothing to do with imagination. All right, fair enough. Yeah. I, I re- retract my previous statement. Later on, they are on a delivery, and Bender is noticeably upset. Mm-hmm. He he asks Fry if he thinks that I Bender has an imagination, and it 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 ends up being a conversation that's like very parent child, where Fry is the dad mm-hmm. and trying to reassure Bender. It's very funny. Fry also points out maybe you just need to try because he didn't know if he could swallow a softball. Um, and then he lifts his shirt and there's this big lump, but that's not the one he's, he looks and he's like, oh no, that's the one. And it's never really explained what that first lump is. I don't think either lump is great. No. Um, I I'm, would argue that they are bad. I am not a medical doctor, but... Uh, but they're clearly the fine for Fry. He's just like, these are things that are in my body. Yeah, he seems okay with it. I bl- I looked at Leela in the background, and she's horrified. This is the correct response. <laughs> at that point, alarms go off, and they uh, and a warning comes out saying that they are d- out of dark matter fuel, and it causes the engines to stop. I do like how she's like, "That's not a warning. You have to give a like." She's talking to the ship. Uh huh. She's like, "You have to. A warning has to be preceding the bad thing." And then the ship is like, "Engines will shut off in." one second and she's like that's better like (laughs) i do like the fact that it's not a it's not a question of usefulness it's a question of semantics right and i love that the ship is kind of still kind of somewhat antagonistic to the crew because it went from antagonizing bender to falling in love with bender and then just kind of being Mm and like not an antagonist but like just kind of a jerk they managed to find a little bit of nibbler's poop mm-hmm. which is of course dark matter of course and to escape a sketchy part of space yeah where they literally someone steals a hood ornament off of a uh and that hood ornament ship. that hood ornament definitely looks like an emmy oh yeah it's very funny i i like that little gag a lot it yes it's uh it's that level of meta humor where i'm just like you know, it, they're not outright being like, yo, this is an Emmy. But like, if you know what an Emmy looks like. It is 100% an Emmy. 
I think that's the right level of meta humor I, I for agree, me. Yeah. Don't acknowledge the meta aspect of it. It's just there. I'm I'm into it. Mm-hmm. I think you can probably fudge that if you have a character that lives outside of the like like Arrested Development often had the narrator being meta. But, oh yes, yes. But he lives outside of the narrative, kind of. He's yeah. just like commenting. No, I'll, I'll agree with that. So, so I think that's the only way to get around instead of like staring at the screen as a character. Fry also is like, I've never been so excited to see poop. Well, maybe once. And that raises some questions. I mean, it depends on how... how uh, I mean, I would be very excited to see poop if I've been constipated for a while. It's true. I mean, that is a that is a situation where it's like, you see it and you're like, all right, cool. And I mean, as somebody that, that has swallowed a softball before... Fry has probably been pretty constipated in the past. It's true. I mean, that'll be, that'll back you up. Um, it'll be. I mean, I'm not. A, I'm not a medical doctor. News to me, Ben. I I want my refund <laughs> I'm, back. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that swallowing softballs is not good for your digestive regularity. I can't even imagine what WebMD would say if you typed in. Uh, I swallowed a softball. <laughs> I don't even know what it, I, I I'm I'm fascinated. I I have a fascination now. Okay, well I'm gonna look it up. I guess this isn't really been Google's that corner because it's WebMD. So going on WebMD, trying to find some okay. symptoms. WebMD search. I swallowed a. Okay, I don't. I got a pop-up that said, want to live your best life, and they want me to sign up for a, a newsletter. I don't know how that's going to make it my best life. Anyways, I'm I, assuming tri- tips and tricks. I swallowed a soft ball. Hmm. Okay. Swallowed magnets are dangerous. This is a correct thing. That is correct, yes. Swallowing wireless cameras to help make a diagnosis. That seems like a bad idea. Unless a doctor tells you to do it. And I guess WebMD is a doctor, so I would I would not do it, though. Yeah, WebMD doesn't really have much advice in the way of softball swallowing. I just wouldn't recommend doing it until WebMD can really sort out the yes, facts. Yes, WebMD has to figure that out before we can really weigh in on it. They and get they, enough... Again, if you're coming to this podcast for medical advice, please do not. They please get go enough, to a real they doctor. They get enough fuel. For, yeah, we are only a not legal advice podcast this is where you come to get bad legal advice not bad medical advice i mean we could give bad advice in all <clears throat> paths of life really they get enough fuel from this one little nibbler poop to get to a gas station called Mombile instead of mobile mm-hmm. very good and uh they are fueling up leela is concerned with the price of the gas it's very ex- uh, the dark matter it's very mm-hmm. expensive and it's, it's very expensive. Every time I say the phrase very expensive, I think of the cartoon show Doug. Okay. Uh, because his neighbor, Mr. Dink, always bought crazy weird exp- uh, like new products. Okay. Uh, basically, Mr. Dink was keeping the existence of the sharper image alive. <laughs> and he'd always explain to Doug what was going on. And then he'd follow it up with, it's very expensive. I, I, do, I loved Doug. I honestly do not remember that character in the slightest you don't remember mr dink i don't know how i don't he was the next door neighbor he was purple he 
he would buy all sorts of random stuff and then uh, he and Doug would like hang out on occasion. He was the weird older neighbor who li- I mean older than Doug. Oh, him. Yeah, that's Mr. Dink. Oh, okay. It's very expensive. <laughs> There's a video of uh that that says Mr. Dink says very expensive. <laughs> Yeah, every time somebody says something's very expensive, I think of Mr. Dink. Anyways, I don't. I. I. I've, I. From. Na- from name, nothing. Image, yes. Very expensive, yes. But like, I don't. I. I don't know why the description of this character does not make any sense. I. Th- I was a kid and I just remembered honk honk. Oh yeah, no Skeeter. Yeah, Skeeter um, was the best. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, as long as we're on the topic of Nickelodeon TV shows, okay, let's go. Uh, we need Pete and Pete. Season, season three, three on dvd um <laughs> nickelodeon uh, come on let's just, do this justin mcelroy is trying to get this to happen and his fellow podcasters i say that like we're on the same level um, i mean we're, we're we're making a podcast just like the mcelroys do but i think if all of us podcasters unite and get mm-hmm. nickelodeon to release season three pete and pete dvds I think we can make this happen. So come on, Nickelodeon. Anyways, should we talk about Futurama? Uh, well, <laughs> impassioned pleas to Nickelodeon are great, I think. I mean, because if we don't stop, we're just going to go along with all of the 90s Nickelodeon TV shows. Which oh, sure. Would be a fun podcast, but it's not what people are here <laughs> to listen to. I don't, I don't think I've ever understood what people come here to listen to. <laughs> Because it's wildly different every week with a sousant of, of Futurama right there. And then it's just like the rest of it is something. talking about Doug and very expensive Pete and Pete. And yeah. Uh-huh. And the McElroys. The McElroys come in quite a bit. So they're fueling up. They sure are. The gas is very expensive. <laughs> The truckers next to Leela, uh, one of which is Sal. Yep. Um, he, they are making fun of the Planet Express ship. Um, I don't remember exactly what they said. There was a cat trying to put its butt in my face while this part was going on. Okay. So, you know. I, all I got is that they called it ugly. It's true. Compared to their ship, which is also ugly. But, oh, yeah. But... uh. But their their ship has won the uh, Space Demolition Derby five times. And that seems to impress everybody on the Planet Express crew. I mean, that's a lot of times. So, yeah, they, they're all very impressed. And they get this weird scheme that they need to impress these random truckers. Yeah. And and the latest der- Demolition Derby is tonight at Unsafeco Field. Yep. That's a sports reference. It is great. That I got. I love it. I love it very much because the Seattle Mariners play at Safeco Field. Mm-hmm. A and, thing that I'm aware of for some reason. Well, I mean, you're in the Pacific Northwest. It's the closest baseball team to us. It all makes sense. But I just loved it. It's so good. It and very, I don't uh-huh. I don't get very many nods in Futurama for sports. And the fact that I got one is like, yay. If they're if it's sports, they usually go to Blurns Ball, which they watch the Mets. And I mean, like, yay, Mets. But I mean, come on. So they go back to Planet Express and Leela's still annoyed, but the professor is like, 
hey, we need to save money. Uh, we are going to start cut some cost-cutting measures. First of all, no more complimentary porno mags in the lobby. Which Scruffy is standing in the kitchen listening to this and, and flipping through one. I love I love the little lantern they hang on this for Scruffy. <laughs> that they're not something Scruffy bought. It's something provided by the company. Well, this one, I don't know about, like, maybe National Pornographic. I mean, I feel like Scruffy's a man who has a subscription to National Pornographic. That's true. It's a classy. But, you classy know, you spend, you spend all of your money on that subscription, which is an expensive ex- subscription. It's true. It's the high quality. You got to get other porno mags from somewhere. And it's good when your your company's like, here here's some zero G jugs. Exactly. So, uh yes, they the uh the other cost-cutting measure is that the professor is going to start really like micromanaging the ship. Mm-hmm. No more taking it out for anything other than the deliveries. Uh he is literally going to swallow the key before he goes to bed. And then retrieve it the next morning so that they can do their deliveries. It's an image I don't want to see. No, Amy's even like, ew. Cause, and I'm, I'm on uh, Team Amy here for this, this I one. I am also on Team Amy for this one. So then they go into the locker room. Everybody's showering. Every, like, it's just one big, one big unisex shower. locker room. Everyone's showering. Um, there's more butts. I even made the note. More movie nudity. Mm-hmm. They really went for those those nude butts. I mean, when Fox is not pulling the strings anymore, at least, as, I mean, network television strings, right. you throw in as many butts as you can. That's just common sense. Yeah, it's strategy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Leela's still really upset. She She insists that they're going to be part of this demolition derby because quote rednecks insulted us yeah she is taking this way too hard i also don't think i'd call sal a redneck no but she definitely does yeah and when fry starts to argue she grabs his face and says rednecks in a really funny manner i enjoyed it very much so their their plan is to take the keys which the professor has already swallowed because he went to bed at 4 p.m. Well, when, when you're an old professor, mm-hmm. that's time. It's time for bed. The plan involves Zoidberg using a magnet to pull the keys out. Now, WebMD didn't say anything about swallowing keys. Ooh, maybe we should Google that or WebMD search that. I mean, it's going to be the same results. That's fair. Because it was finding, like, all swallowing magnets and swallowing, you know, uh, other well, thing. I didn't go into too much detail. Sure. Because some of them were not great. Explicitly funny? <laughs> or anywhere close to funny? Yeah. No. Now, I think WebMD needs to put their house in order and start talking about the things that matter to us. Swallowing keys and softballs. There's a lot of swallowing in this episode. <laughs> So, but yes, Zoidberg's plan is to literally take this magnet and use it to pull the keys out of the professor's mouth. It's actually quite successful. Uh, They retrieve keys to a storage locker, a boat, a different boat, 
And then finally, the keys to the ship. Why has he swallowed two boats' keys? And why did the crew know about it? They've never shown anything about a boat ever before. If he's trying to cut costs, why not stop buying boats? Sell the boats. I've literally never seen anybody in a boat in the show. Other than the ship turned into a boat. It's true. Even when they go out to the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. They're on the ship. They're on a ship. Mm-hmm. I, no boats. I mean, maybe they're... Well, no, that's that's Bender creating a uh, a boat, a kayak. There's no keys to that boat. It's, it's, there's certainly no keys to any boat that I've seen. They might have, like, the rowboats. The small little rowboats to get from... Oh, yeah, there is the rowboat because he's... Uh, well, no, that's a submarine because they build a submarine on the island. Right, but that's made out of wood and was in a dream sequence anyway. That's true. I've never seen a boat which has keys in this show and the professor, they get the boat and then the other boat. Now, hold on. Okay. There is a whole boat race sequence in Mars University. Aren't they like, uh, oh no, well. They are powered boats. That is fair. Now the professor, we we were not saying we've never seen the professor own any boats. That's true. Our whole argument was we have never seen boats that require keys. I just proved us wrong. That is true. That's fair. Are we positing that the professor owns these boats? I mean, you lose the boat race and... and uh, also, there's fan boats in the sewer. Yes. Okay. Are we positing that the professor has taken the keys for those and swallowed them? Welcome to Boats in Futurama, the, uh, <laughs> the podcast where we just talk about what boats do or do not exist uh, and I, if they require keys all in I'm, the TV show Futurama. All I'm saying is that this is, the, this is the, one of the tangents that's closest to Futurama that we've ever done <laughs> on a tangent. I'm just saying. Those are the only boats that I know of. If you know of any other boats, tweet at Back to Futurama. <laughs> so they steal the ship. Yeah, they And they, they go to Unsafe Co. Field to do the demolition derby. And there's a, there's a fun little demolition derby yeah. sequence. Uh, Rich Little is there as Howard Gosell. And uh, the Dixie Chicks are there. They have mutated through some... Horrifying thing. Mm-hmm. I, it was a, like matter transport accident i think he said something like that it's it's a horror show it's body horror at its worst finest i don't know yeah the the sequence is pretty fun there's like a station wagon there's a lunar lander there's a lego ship with literally a little lego dude yeah that's cool i liked that a lot (laughs) and then the ship explodes into little pieces you don't want to step on those now no that would hurt and they also have uh, George Takei and uh, Scott Bakula in, in different <laughs> Star, Star Trek ships. And he's like, thanks for ruining the, the series and slams Bakula into the wall. And then they both explode. It's very good. Yep. I mean, because I think this movie was right around when that series uh, was still new. Mm-hmm. I forget which one has Scott Bakula in it. Mm-hmm. But that one was still a new thing. I, I think, believe so, at the yes. time. And not a lot of people were into it, and as it, I understand. And it's not like you can have a Quantum Leap reference in this sequence. That'd be rough. That'd be tough. Rough and tough. Rough, tough, and tumble. Like a demolition derby. Uh, at one point, Rich Little gets assimilated into the Dixie Chicks. It makes it more horrifying. And uh, 
it gets down to two cars, two ships, whatever's, and derby participants. It's Planet Express versus Sal and his crew. And at the last minute, Sal is like, "No, actually, like I want to live a full life." And you know, like they're playing chicken essentially. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Sal uh, peels off because he's like, "No, nah, this ain't this ain't worth it." And then their their ship crashes, and the Planet Express ship wins. The ship is, you know, beaten up a bit, though. Sure, but it 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 still works as a ship. They do get a trophy out of it, and that's a big deal. You win that's a trophy. All, trophy is all you need. The Beatles wrote that. <laughs> Trophy's all you need. I mean, we've already had the f- first Beatles reference. This one's the second. They go back to Planet Express. The ship is not looking good. So their entire plan is to put this big curtain around it <laughs> with a printed graphic of the ship. It's so good. <laughs> it's it's so so wonderfully madcap that it's it's just terrific to me. Such a it's an idea that simply will not work and it is fantastic. The reason it doesn't is also very funny. Yes. Which we will get to in just a moment. So in order to make this ruse complete, they have to put the keys back into the professor. And as Leela is getting the magnet ready, uh, Zoidberg's like, what? So you mean I cut this big hole in him for nothing? (laughs) And then Zoidberg is like hurriedly putting organs back into the professor, which is also very funny. Terrifying body horror again, but very funny. I think I think one of the things that I like about this movie compared to the other two is I feel like a lot of there are a lot of jokes like this where it's like that is that is straight up Futurama humor, like Zoidberg cutting open the professor just to, you know, like as sort of taking the initiative, but screwing up in the process, being, you know, kind of a bad doctor about it the whole time, like. I feel like the other two movies before didn't have as many of these moments. Right. And so, uh, but yeah, but we'll get into that more in, in grades. But I just right. wanted to take a, a moment to specifically call out this moment. And appreciate it. I agree. Um, so when the professor wakes up, he wants to use the ship, I believe, to go get a malted or a milkshake or something. Yeah. So Leela, <laughs> Leela calls on her uh, wrist low jackamator or whatever to get Zoidberg to execute distraction protocol alpha, which he then executes by rolling in on a giant ball, juggling flaming torches. I'd call that distracting for sure. I'm distracted by that a lot. Unfortunately, he fails at this and he falls. And the, uh, due to the flaming nature of his juggling, uh, torches, it, it burns up the, uh, the curtain. And then you can see the ship in all of its wrecked glory. But the professor is like, ah, yep, that is definitely my ship. All right. As beautiful as the day that I got her. He, he then looks down and is like, what is this? And he finds the fuel gauge by itself on the <laughs> ground because it has somehow become disconnected throughout the wreckage. And it's still showing the previous reading of just below full. And that is how he figures out that the ship has been taken. It's such- and such a good guess. Not that the fuel gauge itself is on the ground, but that the fuel gauge on the ground reads very slightly below full. It's the best thing in the world to me that that's what gets him. 
Not the fact that it's on the ground. Like, uh-huh. what? Hap- why is this off? It's like, no, it's less than four. I feel like that is, like, quintessential dad yes. stuff. Like, you know, you turn the thermostat up one degree and, like, dad busts in. Like, who's touching the thermostat? You take the car out for a spin. The needle has moved one degree imperceptibly to most people and then dad's like yo like who who took the car out i said no joyriding like it's just it's that level of like dadness dad focus yeah laser dad focus it's it's good for those two things really that's it and also jokes and uh and mowing the lawn in some ratty old shoes you know, it's true. You see, my dad had some ratty old shoes that they they're were... only good for yard work now. Right. Well, of course, he got them in white. So, so like, they're all green. Exactly. You you mow one time and now they're green shoes. You can't use those for anything else. <laughs> that is a universal dad thing. <laughs> it's certainly a universal suburban dad thing. When when dads own a lawn, they're going to have some ratty shoes to mow it in. It's true. That is a fact. Anyways. um, Hashtag dad facts. Hashtag dad facts. If you've got any more dad facts, (laughs) please tweet at Back to Futurama. This is is the hashtag that's going to catch on, Ben. Hashtag dad facts. It's better than the hashtag fine mesh screen. (laughs) (laughs) We got like one tweet about that and I feel awkward about it. (laughs) Anyways, the professor is very upset. Uh, Leela admits to wasting precious fuel, and the professor says that he'll that she'll be punished. Meanwhile, the nerds are still playing D anD. Um, they've killed a gelatinous cube, which quote dies in horrible poverty. I di- I didn't. I don't think I need to know the poverty level of my horrible gelatinous cubes that I need to attack. But okay, thank you. Bender is now playing with them, but he's basically just copying whatever Qbert does. Right. Because Qbert's like, I cast a fire spell or whatever. And then Bender's like, I cast a fire spell. Ooh. And he makes a, a stupid noise afterwards in the words of Qbert. Bender really tries because he's he's like, I'm great in every way except I have no imagination. Right. And then Dwight tells him to lose himself in the fantasy. You just... And I think this is a very perfect quote about dungeons and dragons you just have to believe the impossible is merely preposterous (laughs) it's very good i i feel like this episode or this movie was definitely written by some people that played a lot of dnd absolutely (laughs) bender thinks really hard and um he he puts his visor down (laughs) to really think and so he creates a character I i love that he says that he believes he was a noble robot for 1.3 milliseconds. Mm-hmm. And his character's name is Titanius Englesmith, Fancy Man of Cornwood. I love the title so much. I'm definitely going to steal the fancy man for my next character. That's pretty good. Um, Although if he's a cleric, it doesn't quite make sense. But anyway. No, I'm fa- cleric can be a fancy man. All right. Fancy man it is. It might just be fancy man. I am fancy man. I am fancy man. Do do fancy man, but as a hedonism bot. Oh, I'm fancy man. <laughs> there it is. Got it in one. So the professor. I don't think you want that as my character voice, Ben. The prof. Oh, I I do. 
Believe me, I do. So, I don't know if I'm going to call your bluff, if it's really a bluff. The professor calls a conference, and uh, he come, uh, everybody gathers around, and he's like, yeah, I figured out exactly what happened because Zoidberg told on you all. The lengthy and unsolicited tattling of Zoidberg. Zoidberg gets incentivized. With a fish. Which I couldn't mention for reasons. Oh! <laughs> You've, you're beating the game. Ah, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> the professor puts a shock collar on Leela. Which he calls a warning. Oh, yes. There's some questionable definitions of warnings oh, in yes. this This seems episode. like a very bad office culture. And so this collar shocks Leela anytime she has thoughts of violence, swearing, sexual perversion. Um, I think that was all of them. Yeah, I, might I think be missing that was one. only three, yeah. And she tests them all out. Mm-hmm. Especially for a moment she thinks, after he says uh, sexual perversions or whatever, she thinks for a bit and then gets shocked. I mean, you can't go zero to 60 like that. I know, I mean, you gotta take a moment. Yeah, you gotta ta- you re- relax in that moment. Then you think about that sexual perversion. I do think that that beat makes that scene oh, very, very good, very good, very just perfect. I it, this this you're right, and I I don't want to for I'll foreshadow grades. I don't want to steal it completely, but this was very good on those Futurama like jokes. We get a little scary door. The scary, the scary door, door comes back. Yep. Yay. The uh, there's a is an old timey farm. UFOs come and start blowing things up. An army starts a war, and then in the end, what saves them is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, the humblest of all God's creatures is what the the narrator says. Oh yeah, humblest for sure. But he does a good job killing these aliens. Leela is really mad that TiVo suggested this piece of crap. Yep. So she's still getting shocked. She's getting shocked a lot. I mean, she's angry and swearing. You wouldn't like her when she's angry. Or swearing. <laughs> the jury's still out on the sexual perversion part. You might like her when she's thinking about those things, depending on who you are. You might really like it. All right, that was a callback to Anthology of Interest. Anyways, oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. true. Yeah, good point. You just looked at me like, what is going on? I was just going to let you go with it. But then you, 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 you could bring the receipts that I could not. The nerds are still playing D and will say that she appeals to Hermes to try and take off the the collar. Oh yes, that's important. He has the key, but not the authority. Only the medical doctor on staff has that authority. Yes, and that is, of course, Doctor John Zoidberg. So yes, now the nerds are still playing D and D. Uh, Bender, uh, they're being attacked by this red dragon, and mm-hmm. so Bender casts a a fire spell. Uh, or uses a fire rod, I think, and um, in Qbert's pedantic nature, mm-hmm. uh, also technically correct, but that's kind of correct. He's like, everyone knows that uh, red dragons are immune to fireballs and all other incendiary type damage, which he's right. They have traditionally been immune <laughs> to sure. fire. Uh, and but Bender's Bender like, thinks on his feet. But no, I cast it on the river, making it into instant steam so we can run away. And then they'll probably get four experience points for doing so. Exactly, yeah. Because um, that's how it works now. As we all found out earlier in this perfect episode of a perfect podcast. Oh, it's so good. At this point, Fry comes in holding a carton of milk and tries to get 
bender to smell it. You know, I totally get that because one of the reasons I don't drink milk is that 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 phase right after it's turned where it doesn't smell totally like you can't smell it from across an apartment. I smell it and I'm like, I don't know. I can't tell if it's bad or not. What do you think? And then. So that's essentially me. I mean, it y'all usually smells bad to me. Like a fresh one, I'll open up and be like, yo, this smell bad to you? And people are like, no, that smells just fine, Ben. What are you talking about? There are reasons I don't drink milk. Mm-hmm. There, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of milk either. I prefer milk. It's got vitamin R. It sure does. Uh, this episode brought to you by Malk. Bender is like, I am not Bender. I am Titanius Engelsmith. Fancy man of Cornwood. And that is enough to scare Fry off. He just backs, backs up. Goes wide eyes and just backs out of the door. It's 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 a wonderful visual gag. I, I, I like it a lot. And so Fry goes to talk to the professor who has put his mind in the body of a monkey. Like he's on a machine mm-hmm. where it swapped brains. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, he's the professor. It's what he why does. Not? Yeah. Fry is worried about Bender playing D&D and the professor is also very concerned uh, think about all the after-school specials. Right? He's like, hasn't he seen the after-school special? <laughs> Which I just got to say. Okay. So. So. It's a, it's a well-known thing in the world of D&D nerds, um, but there's those little religious tracks. Oh, sure. That uh, there's one called Dark Dungeons, which is about the evils of D&D. Mm-hmm. There's been a joke for like ages and ages and ages at this point Mm -hmm. some people got together and made a movie version of it (laughs) which was very tongue-in-cheek nice and but also strangely true to the original they use the exact same font on the the uh, (laughs) oh i don't want to spoil it but there's someone someone writes a note and they use the same font printed from the printer even it's it's so choice anyways the movie is called dark dungeons i bought it on dvd because i had to see it and it is ridiculous and dumb and amazing all at the same time (laughs) um i will see if i can get a trailer and post it to the twitter because it's very good (laughs) i just wanted to point that out it's very like at at the because okay so it's all about this girl who goes to college right And she goes to these wild parties where they're like, all right, everybody, it's time to play RPGs. And then this entire like frat party is going RPG, RPG. (laughs) And they like bring out dice and like everything. This I don't know if this exists. I own it on DVD, Mike. No, the party in which that would happen. Oh, no, never. I guess that's part of the joke. Uh, I just I, I I think it's very funny. It's very good. I'll I'll play it for our friends group at some point. It's so bad. <laughs> it's only like forty five minutes. I think it's oh, pretty good. short. That's that's a good amount for a movie. I think. Uh, anyways, I just anywho, I after school specials made me think. Apparently, I'm very tangential today. Just talking about Pete and Pete and Mister Dink and <laughs> Dark Dungeons and. But that's it because uh that's it. Well, there's a topic that I'm not allowed to talk about. You're allowed to talk about it as much as you want, my friend. I just don't want you to win the bet. So we didn't even put anything on this bet. My honor is at stake, sir. Oh wow, okay. We cut to Zoidberg's office. Leela is trying to get him to clear her so 
Hermes can take this collar off. And Zoidberg is basically just yelling at her, you should figure out the source of your anger. It's like he gives her a little squirt of the old empathy bladder. I don't want that. Nobody wants that. Zoidberg <laughs> comes up with this theory that it's due to her parents for pushing her to study medicine instead of becoming a song and dance man. It's clearly Zoidberg. Yes. A hundred percent. Because he starts singing and dancing as after he says that. Also, Leela grew up in an orphanarium. She didn't have parents. <laughs> I mean, it. <laughs> Zoidberg then tells her to go to her parents and have them cook him dinner. But he hates scallions, so no, none of those. That's a very specific thing to not like. It is. No comment. Oh, dang it. <laughs> I keep saying the, the food. I'm saying the food things, not you. That's not the... I'm, I am sabotaging this bet. It's true. Never go up against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Um, well... Or there's a no podcaster death. when honor is okay. on the line. I was, I was like, okay, trying to put things together. No death online. Pretty sure I'm not talking to a Sicilian. Reasonably sure. This is all accurate. So, <laughs> uh, back at the robot arms apartments, Fry confronts Bender and is like, I think you might be playing too much Dungeons and Dragons. Bender immediately agrees to quit. And then he puts on a pot and says he's going to go slay the werewolf of Goblin Mountain. And jumps out the window. Yeah, he has sort of lost it. A little bit. He's walking around the streets with a sword. He tries to attack a bus that runs him over. Uh Uh-huh. He he cleans up Nibblish Dark Matter in the name of the Fancy Men. Which I just, I love. I'm going to start yelling that. I've cleaned this poop in the name of the Fancy Men. Okay. I mean, that's that play into your character quite Mm -hmm. well. In my D&D character mm-hmm. who cleans up a lot of poop, clearly. He, he, Fancy men, the poop cleaner. He was w- once a cleric, but now he's disgraced and works as a janitor. And he's can a I, fancy man. Can I mix Scruffy and Fancy Man? Scruffy the Fancy Man. Throw in some porno mags and you've oh, got yourself yes, a Scruffy. Oh, clearly. <laughs> I, I'm going to carry a, a, a book that is just a ton of porno mags, and that's how I gain my holy symbol. Okay, your holy symbol is a is a pornographic magazine. Yes. Okay. This is a very specific character. But see, now you've got to change your character voice from hedonism bot to scruffy. So get second. Okay, that was pretty good. That's all I got. It's <laughs> really all you need. I'll just second everything everybody else says. So we we go down to the <laughs> sewer. <laughs> Zoidberg and Leela are at Leela's parents. Okay. They are... What are they doing? Consuming. I think that's pretty close to food. I didn't mention any nouns. Consume. Oh, wait, no nouns. That's you fair. Can, you can consume beverages. That is a food, though. No, food it's stuff. not. It is not a... F- <sighs> Okay, fine. I'll allow it to not be a food. They are eating food. There you go. Okay, I got to mention. So three. You're still, you still have one left. I'm walking on dangerous ground here. You're walking on sunshine. Whoa. whoa, whoa. So yeah, uh, Leela is behaving like a a model person. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, see, now you can just take this collar off. And (laughs) (laughs) Munda suggests... 
the torture collar is good for her so she can control her temper and then suggests i i don't see a ring on zoidberg which is a thought yeah especially because he immediately is like "Ooh, i'm crawling with parasites and like you see them just scamper all over it like between his shell i mean i imagine for a decapodian that's pretty uh pretty erotic and then fry shows up he knocks on the window and then climbs in which is like sam from clarissa explains it all another nickelodeon tv show (laughs) he'd always come in through the window he had a ladder i made the wrong bet i should have bet nickelodeon (laughs) tv shows over under he had a ladder that he would use to climb into his uh his his next door neighbor who was a teenage girl why were her parents okay with this they trusted clarissa they he explained it all remember he would climb in yeah. to her bedroom window sure. with a ladder he had stashed outside. Uh-huh. And they'd just be like, oh, hey, Sam. Like, he'd be in there. And then they'd just be like, yo, like, what's up? That's fine. Welcome to my daughter's bedroom for some reason. I mean, you know, they had trust in Clarissa. Clarissa knew it was right. She explained it all. Remember? It's not Clarissa I don't trust. It's the kid with the freaking ladder to your daughter's bedroom. What is his end game? <laughs> I, <laughs> demanding end game from Nickelodeon shows from the 90s. So, Fry climbs in through the window. Like Sam he's from still carrying explains the milk. it all. He's still carrying it. Well, he still doesn't know if it smells good or not because Bender didn't answer the question. That's true. He's just, he's roaming. He can't, he can't stop roaming the earth. Until he knows if this milk is good or not. I imagine over time, he'll it'll become pretty the Time obvious. makes fools of us all. <laughs> he'll, he'll end up ro- walking around with yogurt asking if this looks bad. Exactly. So at that same point, he's because, he, yeah, he's like, uh, hey, also, has anyone seen Bender? Because, like, I haven't found. And then at that point, Bender comes in through, like, a pipe. Yeah, on the wall. It's and then it's a sewer. Sure. And so Bender comes in and... uh he starts attacking people he's using his his arm as a bow and arrow that he's shooting silverware he leela wants to do something but zoiberg is still consuming Uh uh-huh something and so leela can't fight because she's got this collar on that shocks her every time she has violent thoughts Mm. zoiberg's not really a fighter he's an eater Mm -hmm. so Bender says that he casts a fireball and he like belches uh fire from a candle and so the whole place is on fire and then Fry gets the idea to use his imagination and he's like I cast a freeze ray which Bender points out there's no such thing as a freeze ray did you mean a cold cone of coldness and he's like yes that's what I meant and then he's like no the fancy man can't stand cold and then he pretends to freeze up and then um <laughs> and, and fry goes over and consoles like, bender no when will young people learn that dungeons and dragons won't make you cool now i disagree though because in 2018 D is a cool thing now that's fair however that's probably not fry's point of view on no this. not at all but they decide to get bender some help and so it cuts to the next scene where bender wakes up and he is in the HAL Institute for Criminally Insane Robots. In a straitjacket. And we get sort of a zoom out as he's yelling for help. And then that is where we get to be continued 
And that means it is time for... Grades. Uh, So I think we mentioned that this is very... This feels like a Futurama episode in the humor and the the density of jokes. Yeah, like feels like we're back into it. Which I'm really happy about. Like it feels like it took them a little bit of time to ramp back up into what Futurama sound, what the f- brand of Futurama is. That being said, you don't really get a sense of where the plot is going. Like it, right. it, we we know cuz it's called Bender's Game, we know the the promotional stuff, it's going to be D&D inspired and there's a lot of D&D in this, mm-hmm. which way more D&D than really ever in Futurama before but you can't really get a sense of where it's going I was watching this episode I'm like I don't even remember how we get into the D&D parts of it other than like the game they play right so it's like I don't even I, I don't remember how it gets there Um, so not even having a concept of where the I mean like this is again we're gonna just keep talking about this till we're done with the movies like we just finished part one and it feels like we're halfway through the first act of the movie right so an awkward point to to stop it at that being said a lot of funny interesting things happen here so i don't think it's bad it's just odd sure but again i enjoyed it a lot i laughed a lot i think i'm gonna give it i I mean maybe a b okay i think that i think it's a very good episode it just it 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 doesn't give you really any i mean it's not supposed designed to give you an enclosure right it's just a really awkward spot to cut it. And I know I, I know the limitations they have with splitting the in the four and the cliffhangers, but it just feels like nothing really didn't have a full full path of the plot. Right. So yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um I'm gonna give it a B plus and the reasons why are basically a lot of what you said, you know, kind of what we talked about through this whole episode where it's like, yeah, it feels like Futurama got back on its feet. It finally knows what it's doing again. We get a lot of really good jokes, even if things, you know, Bender kind of losing it and thinking he's literally a D&D character is a little weird. Well, he's um, he's definitely lost it and thought he was other things before. So. Right. But strictly in character. But yeah, I mean, I think I think really the only major weakness of this episode is that it is part one of the movie. But it is an episode that, you know, maybe it's not going to be one I'm going to put on if it's like, I'm going to watch an episode of Futurama and then go to bed sure. because you don't get closure. But just like hanging out watching Futurama, yeah, I'd throw this one on. It's pretty good. It's it's funny. It makes me interested in what is coming next. Absolutely. I agree with that. Whereas not all the other movie parts have been that successful where I'm mm-hmm. kind of just like, okay, well, that was something I watched. Yeah. This is like, no, I I'm having a good time. I mean, I'm with you also, though. It's like the central conflict isn't there yet. Mm -hmm. You know, if I hadn't seen this before and if if I was just watching the different parts and I'd never seen this before, I'd be like, okay, so the rest of the movie is he breaks out and causes rampage in New New York as this D&D character. That's really all I got. Mm -hmm. But you know, I'm. I would still be interested in seeing where it goes. So oh, absolutely, it's doing its job on that respect. So yeah, um, I think B plus is right about where it's at. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. We of course want to know what you think of Bender's Game Part One. Um, what you think about any of the various Nickelodeon cartoon shows, or not even cartoon, just Nickelodeon shows from the nineties? <laughs> we did add clear knows it all. What is Sam's End Game? Will Pete and Pete season three be brought out on DVD? 
How expensive was everything? How expensive was everything Mr. Dinkbot? You know, there there are many questions that the 90s left us with. We'd also like to know how you feel about Ben winning the bet about food. It's true. I only said, mentioned it, what, three times? Yeah. So, um, yeah. We, you know, we want to know... How, just how do you feel in general? How do you after feel after listening to, listening to this thing that we just put in your ears? We have a myriad of ways for you to tell us. You can email us by emailing to back to the futurama podcast at gmail.com you can tweet at us at back to futurama you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash back to futurama we are on spotify and uh apple Podcasts, so find us there review us rate us and subscribe and send to your friends and hey if you've been wanting a convenient link to get all of this information from or to send to your friends or whatever we kind of have a, a little website now, backtothefuturama.net, because the .com was taken. I would argue it's not a kinda. We definitely do have a site. It's a site you can go to with information. And links and stuff. But it's basically everything we just told you right now. There is an FAQ section. Ooh. We gotta get some Qs to A. Oh, I've answered a couple of them, Ooh. like what the name of our theme song is. Excellent. The name of the theme song is called Rush Bubble by Machinima Sound. I like how you asked the Q&A'd it yourself. Yeah, Just sure did. Uh, but it's a question we get asked every now and then. That's fair. Anyways, you can go to that website for all these links and more. It's got a link to our Patreon, which you can uh, go to to help sponsor us uh, making this thing. I sounded so like unsatisfied when I said, <laughs> when I called our podcast this thing. I we, we have given birth to something, Ben, and I don't, I don't think we've really reckoned with that yet and anyway uh, is, one of, is one of the cues you add uh what's what's wrong with y'all i can add that um, i think we do <laughs> we need to add that i guess that's everything until until next time when we stop talking about futurama and just talk about 90s nickelodeon tv shows and we thank the people that support us on patreon and we thank the people that that can't or decide not we to We thank the people who make it to the end of these that's fair good thank jo- you for good job thank you we we adore you for coming coming with us on this journey as always and until next time i'm ben and i'm mike goodbye Goodbye from from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow